It is May 9th, uh, 2015. Third episode of the Shopping Block here. Um, Joey, how are you doing today? Doing great. And doing pretty good. Doing it's pretty still just us two. Um, I promise we're trying to get more people in here. Uh, well, let's gonna jump right in. The more we keep saying it, I think the more it's gonna definitely happen. Yeah, hopefully. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's jump right in. Um, for, we're kind of running short on time today. Um, for gaming, um, this week they announced the uh, Oculus Rift so is going to have a quarter one release yeah. for next year. Yeah, so this is kind of supposed to be the new you know, killer app for console games because like they well, it's gonna well, work for pc was, and shit yeah and, like, supposedly so, consoles too yeah so this is um this is supposed to be a big deal they've been working on it for years now um and development kits for like developers have been available for years now um but now we're getting a, like a consumer model yeah which will be nice because uh if you did order the retail and you know the developer one that's great but it's not the final product yeah. it's not what they want to ship with for you know the consumers so this is um this is pretty cool. Uh, I'm excited that that's coming out. Um, it's definitely going to work with PC games, that's for sure. Um, have they announced any kind of console? Um, they haven't, but I just imagine that it'd be kind of stupid if they didn't. Well, the thing is, the way I see it, I'm not know. too sure if it will. Just because of um, with things like the PS4, they have Project Morpheus, which yeah. is going to be their own VR headset, and be stupid to. Uh, allow that another VR headset to take over a market that they've already invested a ton of money in. And then with the, uh, with Microsoft, they have the HoloLens as well. So it might not see any kind of like console usage, maybe with some kind of like apps or like something like that, maybe. But I think as far as like gaming goes, it's going to be more so strictly veered towards PC. Oh, but I, you know, I'm sure modders are going to be out there and make it yeah, work. There's somehow, definitely be so. some people who are going to dick around with their consoles enough to where it's going to work. And I think sooner or later they're just going to have to release it on consoles as well. I mean, we have you know third-party developers for other hardware for consoles, so yeah, why, why not some like a VR headset? Because of all the time and money that goes into creating and like developing something like that, I guess so. To like for Sony to allow something like that to come on the market. After they've already invested so much time and money into their own kit yeah. to take away from their sales, you know, it, it seems like they wouldn't allow that to happen. But like I said, I'm sure there's going to be modders out there that are going to figure out a way to do it. And there always seems to be uh, that community out there that's out to kind of just fuck around and do what they want. Yeah. So it's exciting. It's exciting for sure. Just kind of. Once, the once, one thing the one thing I've heard that is a big deal with um, with headsets like that is nausea though. People I mean, get very nauseous using them. Um, Nintendo learned their lesson from uh, the virtual virtual, virtual boy. Yeah, so, so that's that's one of the things that um, comes to mind, and hope that they've somehow figured out how to uh, get that all settled out because that could really affect sales, in my opinion. You can't give a VR headset to a kid who's going to get nauseous. Yeah. That seems like a bad move. I'm like from, well, I mean like there's plenty of YouTube footage of, uh, different people, uh, using the, uh, developer kit headset. Um, so, and usually they kind of like say that they'll like 
earlier reviews would say that there's some nausea or something involved, but from the looks of it, from the sounds of it, of what we just seen, um, you know, it doesn't seem like this, it's uh, nausea inducing. I think what caused the nausea with like the Virtual Boy and everything else is the fact that they just uh, developed them wrong because like they just like Virtual Boy just had like a red screen, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you were looking through two, you were looking at two distinct. Images, images yeah. um, that were kind of like fucking up with your eyesight. So I think that was the problem with that. So I, I but the way the uh, Doculus Rift looks, it looks like they have some kind of balance. Um, yeah, and I mean, I'm sure it. that's one of the reasons why they didn't release these any sooner. They didn't release them when they yeah. released the dev kits because I'm sure they've you know done what they can to prevent uh, the nausea happening in the consumer model. So. Um, and if you bought a dev kit just to use it, I mean, we'd like to hear about it. That'd be kind of cool yeah. to know how that worked out. Um, but we do see a consumer release uh, less than 12 months here. Yep. Nine months, right? About uh, and it could come anywhere from January to March. Yeah. So, yeah, about nine months or so. Um, moving on, we had another... Um, we have a big blast from our past. Coming back. Coming back. Um this is, and we have had other Tony Hawk games in the past, but this is supposed to be Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5. Because, like, there was uh, Underground, Underground 2, American Wasteland, and now there's, there was, like, another one, too. Yeah, yeah, Going yeah. for the Wii. Yeah. But um, that one didn't go over so hot. Uh, but, you know, Tony Hawk 5, it... I'm not entirely sure if I'm excited for it. I think the only reason why I want to talk about it is I'm surprised they even made it. Um, well... A couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago, they uh, someone was catering an event for Tony Hawk, and um, the caterer took a picture, and on the back it had a it said like Tony Hawk like, and then there was a number five, <laughs> so that kind of like spurred like oh like they're making a new Tony Hawk, and then I think Tony Hawk went out and said yeah we're making a new game, but we haven't like uh, we haven't officially announced it or anything. So now they've officially announced it. They had a Game Informer um, magazine little spread thing. Yeah. Um, but this is... Uh, it could be cool. I mean, it could be cool as long as it sticks to um, what we loved as kids. And we're actually going to talk about a little nostalgia thing a little later. Yeah. Um, but I remember one of the reasons why I loved uh, Pro Skater so much was all of the cheats and the special characters... And stuff, so you can like do like zero gravity or moon gravity, or you can play as Boba Fett or something. Yeah, Spider-Man. Boba Fett from Tony uh, Pro Skater 4 was like the fucking best. Right. I like, loved it. So, so if they did something like that, that would be really cool. I mean, like, um, you know they're going to do stuff like that because they, they, it's just something they've always done. So, uh, it's just that I kind of hope they bring back that early feel of the game to where it, it wasn't too serious and it wasn't yeah. super, it wasn't super sim like or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, because you you see games like Skate. Yeah, like Skate was uh, tried the best they could and they did a good job at simulating a skating game. Um, Pro Skater wasn't that. No. Pro Skater was just like. Um, as arcadey as you could get. Yeah, because it's any, like, okay, obviously anybody can't go skateboard, but if you wanted to skateboard in real life, you'd go skateboard in real life, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, why wouldn't you want to just fuck around and do super <laughs> high jumps and do fucking, do like, an 8,000 in the air, like, you know? 
Why wouldn't you want to do that stuff? Like, that's the stuff you play video games for, right? Yeah. Like, more real experiences, like surreal experiences, I guess I should say. Video games are supposed to be an escape from reality, not a reminder of reality. Exactly. So, like, that's what I'm hoping for Tony Hawk 5, but also, like, it's hard for me to say that I'm excited for it. Um, just because, like, Tony Hawk just kind of fell to the wayside for me. Um, that, and they up. kind of, like, were pumping out garbage for a little bit. Like, they came out with uh, Tony Hawk Ride, which was the last one they came out. Yeah. Which is where they had the skateboard perif. Yep. And I remember the commercial for that fucking thing was stupid. They had the fucking, like, skateboarding dog yeah, on the skateboard. Yeah. And, like, it just... Like, if you're fat, that perif doesn't work. No. You're going to snap that fast than you snap a board in real life. We're big boys. Like, <laughs> I didn't get to play Tony Hawk Ride. But, yeah, no, it'd be cool to see that uh, return to um, that style of, like, just kind of surreal, kind of, like, slightly objective base. So you have, yep. like, two, three minutes to, like, go around the map and, like, collect the letters or, like, you know, do something like yeah, that. Exactly. That'd be kind of cool. Um,. Moving on, um, we had Guitar Hero. Uh, I kind of want to talk about this a little bit. Yeah. Um, so we have the return of music games coming soon. Um, we have the we have Rock Band Four coming out, mm-hmm. and we have Guitar Hero Live. Um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with two, uh, either of them. Not not entirely familiar. I've seen them played at parties and everything, but like okay, I so, never actually bother to play them. So, so Rock Band and Guitar Hero. Um, back in their old iterations were essentially the same thing you had five colored buttons yeah and you just play rock band of course introduced drums and uh singer yep um later on guitar hero introduced a drum kit and a singer um but so guitar hero is going to strictly be guitar stuff and they're changing their controller so now it's two sets of keys uh three buttons you have three buttons Mm -hmm. and each one they're split down the middle so it's really a total of six buttons. Yeah. Three on top and three on bottom. Um, it's supposed to be easier slash harder, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because it's easier in the sense where you only have three buttons. But it's harder in the sense where you actually have to go up and down on the yeah. buttons. And the cool thing about that, I guess it kind of relates more to like real guitars where you can do like chord prog- progressions. You yeah. know? Uh, so that's kind of cool. Um, Rock Band is sticking with their old... Um, the old style, five buttons, uh, four drum kit. Uh, yeah, so the yeah. Rock Band is going to stay pretty much the same. Um, Guitar Hero is, like I said, is going to be very different. They're calling it live because there is uh, the whole thing starts off with you in the back in a green room with your band and like some like groupies and stuff like that, and you're walking to the stage, and then the whole thing plays. Oh, and so you're it's it's like a. Um, video to life game yeah so they, they actually recorded a live band and you know a live audience yeah and they recorded it once with them doing perfect and once with them, them doing doing all fucking up yeah okay. yeah so so as you're playing if you're doing shitty the audience will tell you to fuck off and you're like bandmates will like look at you like what the fuck is going on <laughs> the concept of that seems really cool um the only thing is i think it seems like it might get a little tedious yeah like it doesn't really sound like it's something new that they're bringing to the table because i mean like that kind of mechanic it wasn't as completely fleshed out as what's being described so i'm just kind of wondering what the fuck are what are they bringing that's new to, well, to the like table said, to they, they have a whole new perif which is supposed to be you know this big deal and I'm kind of excited for it, I guess. Um, 
the other thing, um, so they have the uh, the live mode, which is where you play with the band. Um, the other mode is kind of the more the multiplayer mode, um, and you get to play along with uh, music video. So it'll show the music video for a song, and it'll kind of have the track go up and down. I guess that's cool. Um, it's like their approach to DLC, I guess. Okay. I don't know if I don't know how their pricing thing is going to work out. So if you like pay for certain like channels, so there's channels. So like different channels of different music. So like if you're in a, like rock, yeah. it'll be a rock channel, or like more of like a metal channel, there'll be more of that or whatever. Um, so I don't know how that's going to work out. Like, do you pay for the like channels? Do you pay just for the songs you want to play? That, that seems like they're just really divvying up stuff that doesn't need to be divvied up in the first place. And I get it makes sense from the fact that okay, you can only the amount of time and effort it takes to record those bands, like play live and have like a live audience. That's time consuming and money consuming, yeah. and you can't release those as DLC. Right, you can't just go back and like record new shit just for a yeah. ninety cent song. I guess so. So their their approach makes sense to me, and I get it. But I don't know if I really like the whole idea of it. Um, another thing they announced just this last week is um, they said uh, the new Guitar Hero guitar will work with future. Um, Future, future Guitar Hero games. Okay. So we now know that they're already working on, on or more. they already have ideas of more mm-hmm. uh, music games, which is a problem with that is, yeah, you saw how the market was completely oversaturated. Yeah, no one, no one bothered to buy any Guitar Hero games for the longest time. Yeah, so that's, that's you know, the kind of concerning part. Um, as far as Rock Band goes, they're staying the same. Oh, another thing before I move on to Rock Band. Uh, the new Guitar Hero is being made by the people who made DJ Hero. Okay. I'm a huge DJ Hero fan, so that, yeah. you know, one of the reasons why I'm excited. That was like the last I think like, purple need, game that did pretty well, actually. I think, I think they need to get rid of the Guitar Hero thing and go back to DJ Hero, <laughs> but that's just a personal opinion. Um, so Rock Band 4, uh, Harmonix is still behind the game, same company. Um, they're sticking with the same kind of formula. Mm-hmm. And what they've done, they have worked with the consoles to make all your old perifs work with the new console, mm-hmm. whether it be by an adapter or something like that. Um, all your old DLC songs and songs from the game that you've um, played or downloaded will move over to this new copy. Okay. Well, so that's, that's actually cool. pretty cool. Yeah. I can do something like that. Of course, they're going to have DLC. You know, I'm sure it's probably going to be like weekly DLC. That's what they were doing before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm kind of more excited for Rock Band than I am for Guitar Hero. Um, Rock Band has always sit a little better with me than Guitar Hero because yeah. they didn't just whore out their, you know, <laughs> their property. Yeah, not not as much, anyways. So that's one of the things. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Guitar Hero Live looks cool. I definitely want to play it, but I don't know if I want to pay a hundred dollars for the perif and the game for the guitar in the game. Yeah. Um, for something that only seems like it's kind of gimmicky, I mean, with the it's, whole like you know video, it's a, it's a big investment when you do stuff like that because you have to be kind of dedicated to that kind of game if you're actually going to go out and buy everything that's going to be involved with it. And yeah. So uh, you know, like I said, with, uh, with so with Rock Band, uh, they have a kit that's coming out and it'll have the guitar, the drums, and the uh, mic. Um, if you have old stuff, you can use it. Um, 
But you're so you have those three. You're gonna have to buy another guitar if you want to play with four people. Yeah. So you have a bassist and a guitarist. Um. So that just you know it kind of stacks money, and that's one of those things. It's uh, I don't know if people are ready to pay that big price. I mean, if anything, it sounds like they're just trying to target a new generation of kids who are gonna probably play this, like a new generation of high school kids. Yeah. Um, who are gonna be playing this game and. A lot of people who are older, who are you know in college or past college now, um, they're probably not going to have much interest in it. So I think they're just trying to like, I think they're hanging on to that demographic, that high school demographic for them. Yeah, and I mean that being said, I, realistically, I'm probably going to end up getting one of them, but it just kind of it kind of just doesn't set right that uh at least with guitar hero that they're already planning to make more games after this yeah it seems um, like they're getting ahead of themselves a little bit and- rock band hasn't um said anything about it but of course um you know two three years from now we might see another rock band game <sighs> but i guess we'll see what happens those are set to release at the end of the year i believe um, yeah, wow that's actually pretty quick <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't um, expect them to come out that early ign is actually running their they, you know they have their uh monthly uh like first the uh, first look at things yeah. uh theirs for this month is rock band okay and, and i believe on the 15th so about a week from now they are um releasing the first like actual uh gameplay footage from it okay so in about a week um, if we record on a Saturday, I'll probably talk about that a little more there. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about um, something something that I feel like uh, not a lot of games do, but I feel like is very successful. Yeah. Um, that's uh, the new Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein DLC dropped, um, but it's standalone DLC. Yeah. So you don't require the base game to play the DLC. No. But anyone who gets a chance. To play Wolfenstein The New Order, it's fantastic. Yeah, no, it's great. I played through it like three times. I fucking love it each time. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really good. And like I said, the thing is, um, this this idea, this whole concept is really good to me because why wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, why wouldn't you just release... So the new DLC is about like a six-hour six hour, mm-hmm. uh, campaign. Um, it's like $15, $20, something like that. Yeah, like 15 bucks, I think. Um, so if you play this game... And you're like, oh, this is cool. I like this. Then you might go buy the actual. Yeah, it, it's you know, it's a commitment. To, it's a com- it's like not even like a full commitment to anything because like dropping sixty bucks is a lot different than you know spending like fifteen dollars. Yeah, exactly. So like I'd rather spend a quarter of the money and just try something out real quick. And it looks really fun too. I mean, it has that whole pulpy grindhouse feel to it. Yeah. And everything from the trailer, and it's like. It, it kind of feels like that uh, that trailer from from the Grindhouse movie that came out like, yeah, a yeah, few yeah, years yeah. ago, like like Werewolf Women of the SS. Yeah. So it, it looks really cool, and like I, I'm kind of hoping people follow this model a little bit more. It'd be it'd be really nice because it's one of those things where sometimes you're interested in a game, but you don't want to play or you don't want to pay sixty dollars for it. Um, which I think it was Forza. Forza released a uh, game on Xbox, which was a Fast and the Furious standalone yeah. game. Um, and one of those, it's one of those things you get to, you have this property, you can pay like $10, $15 for it. If you're not sure if you're going to like Forza, you can play this game and be like, yeah. oh, I like the mechanics from this. And it was taken from Forza, so yep. it might be worth getting it. Yeah. Um, I think this works well for people who don't have something like Gamefly. 
Yeah, you know? exactly. I and mean, we have both have GameFly, so it's pretty easy for us to get new new video games or old video games pretty easy without having to pay too much for them. Um, but it's, it's kind of one of those things at the same time where if you're paying for each of your games, you want to make sure you're getting something something good. And you can only listen to reviews and um, you know listen yeah. and watch videos of it. And you still might not know if you're going to enjoy it. Yep. So I think it's a really cool approach. I hope I see more games doing something like it. Um, like I said, it just makes more sense to me to uh, put out this like trailer for the game almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And have people pay for it, and that'll lead them to buy the actual game yeah. later on. It's so. it's kind of it's kind of like a good taste. It's the drug dealer method. You give them a good taste, and then they come back for more later down the line. Exactly. Um, I think our biggest news this week, as far as gaming goes, um, Nintendo announced a partnership with Universal Studios. Yeah. This week, and this is like this is a huge deal. Um, right now, Universal Studios has giant properties. They have uh, Harry Potter. Yep. You know, they have the Harry Potter world in Orlando, and they're making that here in uh, Hollywood. They're working on that. They have um, the Simpsons. The Simpsons um, properties, which they decked out most of uh, the upstairs area of Universal Studios here in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, and, to look like uh, Springfield, so that's pretty cool. Um, and then, like I said, we have, we'll have Nintendo as well. Of course, we have other big properties from the Universal name. We have, you know, a Fast and the Furious ride coming soon. And, yep. Uh, we have a great mummy ride. Like I dig the mummy ride. I dig that. <laughs> I dig it a lot. <laughs> but yeah, you know, so it's um, this is what Universal Studios needs. This is what Nintendo needs. This is the kind of thing that would make both of those properties soar. Because one, everybody want would want a Nintendo Land, right? Yeah. Everybody wants to. Uh, we can discuss this in a sec to see what kind of things we would want to see there. Yeah. Um, but with these big names, they're they're give, really giving uh, Disneyland a run for its money. They're really giving Disney a run for its money. Um, Disney has big properties right now, Star Wars, Marvel. But they're not really implementing that too much not in yet. their theme parks. Um, so I think this might give a push for both of them to really step it up. Yeah. Like, uh, D- Disney and Universal, in my opinion, have always kind of... Ha- uh, occupied two different spheres when it came to like uh, their theme parks because uh, Universal really relies heavily on their classic films because they are like one of the original film um, film production companies from when uh, silent film first kind of started yeah, out yeah um, and and really kind of took off in the twenties and um, Disney is focusing a lot on the family element of uh, of their films which is pretty much just like all their animated movies. So, like to see Universal do this with Nintendo, like you said, is kind of like a big stepping stone in their in like Disney's territory by kind of incorporating more of a family element. I mean, like they're always kind of family oriented, but like it's more of a family element than yeah. I've seen for yeah. Universal and, Studios in and, a while. And definitely, it, I hope they don't just stick to like, oh, this is like a Mario Kitty ride. Like, I hope they do some great stuff with because Nintendo has a lot of great properties they have a lot of great IPs that they could implement into like great rides and like shows and stuff you imagine like a like Mario Kart like that should be like super obvious like Mario Kart the ride 
like Mario Kart the ride or even have it like an actual go-kart track with sensors so where you have different power-ups in the car yeah. or something, something along those lines that would that would work you know fantastic you know if they if they had the technology to pull that off um let's see i'm trying to look for stuff in the press release they had um of course I, you know they're not going to start making like you know nintendo land tomorrow or anything um we'll see something i'm sure in the next couple of years yeah um but it's nice to know that this is happening it's something that i thought that nintendo i've always thought nintendo had a really great group of like games and classics and stuff like that where they can open their own theme park around it but until we get that this isn't half bad yeah i definitely would want to see like that um what other kind of things would i like to see um maybe i'm trying to think what else would be cool Universal Studios used to have like this. Uh, I'm not like I'm pretty sure it's still there, but they have like this little play area. They like all of them kind of have little play areas to where you can like parents like dump off their kids for like you know 20 minutes or so, yeah, and where they can just actually just sit outside and not have to move for a while. Um, so that being turned into like a Mario different like kind of playland, like, like think, of like, a, think of like a Mario Galaxy kind of a yeah thing with like a playground like that. That would be pretty cool. Like a real platforming experience. Like uh, from Mario 3D World would actually be pr- something pretty cool for kids to enjoy. Um, like a F Zero roller coaster would be cool. That would be, be a property that would make sense for a roller coaster. Um, you know how um, Disneyland has that like uh, jungly area. The jungle cruise. You could do something like that with like Donkey Kong characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and have like Donkey Kong or some like Cranky Kong mm-hmm. be like your guide or something. Yeah. So you know something. There's plenty of stuff that's out there that I think could work. Um, and I'm also forgetting other properties from Nintendo, I'm sure. Legend of Zelda, kind of like a... I don't know what you would do. Maybe like a shooting gallery? Maybe. they probably have to be... they not sure if they would have anything in store for that, because Legend like of Zelda is kind of like a big property. And maybe universe. like a market area that kind of represents yeah. like that uh, Ocarina of Time little yep. market area. Um, what else? Pokemon stuff. Should be kind of obvious super easy to do yeah um so there's plenty of properties that um that nintendo owns that could you know be worked out pretty well so i mean like uh i think the 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 main obstacle they're gonna have to really overcome because they have they have uh parks in singapore osaka um florida and then uh here in california yeah the california one is small yeah Um, it's pretty small and and they replaced and instead of like uh uh, getting more land because they can't buy any more property because they're, it's yeah. too expensive and also because uh, everything around them is pretty much surrounded. Yeah, it's like they're 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 enclosed now. They're surrounded, so they're gonna have to. So they're gonna end up replacing something yeah. sooner or later, and they're like gonna the get. Ride. They might have to. Hell, if they <laughs> if they, uh, if they make an F zero ride out of that, I am I'm down. I'm down for it. And it's like, but we're, I'm not entirely sure how soon any of that stuff is going to come. Yeah, like I said, you know, we're looking definitely a couple years from now. It's not like they've started anything yet. Um, I think The Simpsons is too big of a property, and they probably won't get rid of the. And especially with all the new stuff they just put in this year, yeah. they're going to they're keep it for another ten years. I think they like years. had like an official opening like last week. They had like a soft opening yep. last time you were down there, so you could actually go in a couple weeks ago. Um, but they're also going to have the whole uh, Harry Potter little area which they're working on right now so they're almost done with it actually yeah they're getting pretty so, close 
So I really don't think the those two. I don't think they're ever going to get no. rid of. And also the Transformers ride that they have is just was just put in like last year as well. So um, if anything were to go, um, it might. It might uh, be the Jurassic Park ride because the Jurassic Park ride is the last original ride that I remember from my childhood yeah. still being there. So. Yeah, that would make sense. Like I said, if you haven't gone, you got probably like you know a couple more years before they decide to uh, get that out of there. But um, this is exciting. This is uh, like a big deal. So in my opinion, this is the thing that um, that puts, like I said, Universal Studios on the market, competing yeah. with Disneyland. Because Universal Studios, you're always like, oh, this is just like a day trip. Like, that's fine. Yeah, you usually it's just relegated to kind of a day trip. You can get everything done within the park in a day here in, here in uh, Hollywood. Yeah, so it could put it in that market where you're, where you're staying the night down here mm-hmm. to go again the next day. Um, just because of all the stuff they could potentially add. Yep. So... That's pretty cool. It, um, I think the most development we're going to see for it is probably going to be in Florida, Florida and Osaka. Yeah. Since Osaka is in Japan, they're going to be there's going to be more of a market for them to have a Nintendo Land type of deal, and uh, Florida just because they have the land to to keep building on. And they, that's the thing with with Florida, with Disney World, and with Universal Studios, they have so much land out there they can just keep adding shit mm-hmm. forever. Yep. Essentially, here everything's done. I Disneyland, I'm sure they could afford to pay for the buildings near them and tear them down. Yep. But that seems like such a time and money investment that yep. yeah, they wouldn't want to do unless it's absolutely necessary. So. But it's exciting. It's exciting for sure. And I, I can't wait to see to see any more developments come out of it. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, um, like I said, I'm very excited. Um, I'm sure we'll hear more in the years to come. Um, hopefully we see something get started sooner rather than later Yeah, because this is one of those things that's great news, but we won't be able to judge it until, until it gets here. Yeah. And it's not going to get here for a while. Yeah. Um, my one concern, and I'm sure Nintendo is very like, uh, they're very aware and very like, uh, protective of their products. Mm. So part of me is concerned that. You know, they'll kind of put out something lackluster. Yeah. But then again, I think it's Nintendo. They're not going to allow that to happen. Yeah. They're very big with quality control. Um, that's why you don't see a ton of, like, shitty, like, yeah, you yeah. know, mobile games out there and, you know, yeah. shitty... They don't, they're only scheduling to release, like, five games over the next couple years on mobile. year and a half, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, not too much stuff coming out of them. But I always, I always take, like, a lack of content in that sort of sense as a good thing yeah because yeah, no, like I mean, it, it shows it, that they keep they're being very mindful of what it's they one have. of those things where uh you know quality definitely comes over uh quantity mm-hmm. i'd rather pay for a 60 dollar um 30 hour campaign 40 hour 50 hour campaign of something really really good and like in depth and like immerses me in a story than you know New Zelda games crank, cranked out every year. Yeah, like only like ten, six, six hours, yeah, ten, six hours, hours experience. experience, super shitty story and broken. Yep, that's one thing I'm sure Nintendo will never do. They'll never ship a broken game. Yeah, you know. So, with that in mind, I think yeah, I don't think I'm pretty sure they're going to take care of their properties. Uh, but it's still kind of in the back of my mind as a possible concern. 
but exciting. exciting. Nintendo, Universal Studios. Disneyland's I love it. Gonna, Disneyland's going to have to step up. That's the only way yeah. I see it. Because, uh, like I said, they have great properties. They're just not implementing them as greatly as they should. Yeah. Um, I mean, they have Marvel. They have so much stuff they can do with, you know, superheroes. And uh, stuff like that that... I mean, like, one of the biggest things they could possibly do is, like, have, like, Avengers Tower. Yeah. In, like, Tomorrow, in Tomorrowland. They could probably... They, like, they need, they need to have, like, a little place where you can sit down and eat. And it's the cantina from Star Wars that would yeah. be that would be dope like they have so much stuff to work for it's just I'm kind of surprised and like I said I'm sure, I'm sure it's one of those things where they're working on it um, but that there's always like a big time gap between uh, working on it and actually coming out it just makes me think they really gotta like step it up yeah so if they're gonna compete they gotta they gotta do a little better um, if you're up for it, we can just go right in the movies. Yeah, let's uh, we'll take a break right after the movies. Um, so, big news out of the movie sphere for people who love The Punisher, as we were ta- kind of talking about it last week. Yeah, yeah. Of what we wanted to see in Daredevil. Uh, Tom Hardy is kind of, like, said that he wants to uh, beat Frank Castle. He kind of said it. <laughs> he kind of got confused of who Frank Castle was for a little bit. But um, if he's enthusiastic about playing it, I think he could do a pretty, pretty good job. Yeah, I think um, I remember reading that, and I think he said like he he recognizes that he's like a pretty short dude. Yeah, you know, he's he's like I realize I'm like five nine, and Frank Castle's like six one. I think. Yeah, he's like six two, yeah. six three. So and he he's well aware that he probably won't get cast for the part or anything. But he's like, yeah, it'd be really cool. I'd like to do it. Yeah, um, there's easy camera tricks they can easily do. Yeah, obviously, and look at all the things they do with Tom Cruise. Yeah, so, like they make Tom Cruise look a lot taller than he actually is. That's cool. I mean, it's nice to know that people are excited and or would want to play that role. And like, I'm, I'm just really happy that there's people who are involved with these kinds of projects who actually know the material involved as well. Yeah, because like yeah, Tom, because Tom Hardy, I didn't expect to really know comic the Punisher books or the Punisher. Well, maybe comic books, but you know, you, if they know the product, if they know who they're trying to portray, that makes their portrayal of that character a thousand times better, yeah. right? Um, if you actually knew Al Capone, you could probably uh, play Al Capone a lot yeah. better than, you know, if you just read a book about yeah. him or if you were handed a script. Yeah. That's, so. I think that's the reason why I like Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin in that horrible Daredevil movie. Because his like uh, he was a big fan of Kingpin when he was reading comics when growing up. Yeah. So I thought his portrayal of Kingpin was really great. But Yeah, so that uh, that's, I think, what we need in superhero movies, especially with these uh, properties that have failed before. Mm-hmm. Um, with The Punisher, uh, with Daredevil, so we had that shitty Daredevil movie. Um, we had a shitty Punisher movie. I don't mm-hmm. include the Tom Jane one there because I like that one. That, that um, one's kind of endearing to me too. But yeah, so um, it'd be kind of cool. I definitely uh, would be okay with that. Yeah, and like the main reason why I... Uh, um, have uh, kind of hopes for Tom Hardy to be the Punisher to be Frank Castle is because uh, if anyone has had the chance to check out the trailer for his new movie uh, Legend, um, it looks fantastic. Right, like like he's just this like uh, he plays um, twin brothers who uh, kind of like these gangster figures in the UK. Does he played both of the. He plays both of them actually. That's kind of um, cool. And uh, you know he uh, like. They're, you know, they're no, these notorious gangsters in the UK, and they uh, uh, kind of just like 
kind of rule the area with their iron fist a little bit. So, and, and the uh, way the movie looks, the way the trailer was shot, um, just kind of shows that ferocity that he can he can carry. That yeah. and also combined with if anyone's ever seen him in Bronson kind of brings to light the fact that he can be like this brutal tough character, uh, tough character yeah um but also like uh in other films that he's done and uh the last movie he was in uh with james gandolfini um the drop while not the greatest movie in the world kind of showed how he can be kind of like this stoic quiet character who you can just turn on a degree you know turn turn on a dime and just become a whole other person so yeah. i really dig it i and think, I think I frank castle's like a big uh he's a big part of of like being like this emotional character of course not trying to show his emotions because you can't be tough and like be yeah. crying but <laughs> but i mean his his story is essentially his family gets killed yeah. and he's out for for blood he's he's just pretty much fueled by this feeling of like revenge so so yeah i mean you want to see someone who's like tough and strong but at the same time if you want to make a good movie that's not all you can do you got to throw in that emotional aspect yeah. in there show him like breaking down over his family and everything and i can i can find a tough dude on the street to you know act tough but the thing is can he act in a movie in a movie to also act very emotional you know when his family gets killed yeah. and stuff like that. So I'm assuming they would show that as well in a Punisher movie. Yeah, they would kind of have to. Um, so I, he's, he would be a logical choice. I think so. Um, and like I said, yeah, and like you said, yeah, the camera tricks are pretty easy to pull off now nowadays. So the fact that he's five nine isn't that big of a deal. No. So you know, it, it's it's kind of just a cool. It's just kind of cool to see people uh, excited for characters who are not that well known um who are who are kind of like these beloved cult characters you know yeah yeah no definitely and i feel like um it definitely helps that when they know the source material as well so um so to keep in line with the whole marvel thing uh there's been the new spider-man thing announced uh, the spider-man new avenger um that's uh, the Marvel version of a Spider-Man movie, and he uh, and they released a list of possible directors, and a lot of the directors are people you probably would never have imagined. Um, you can just kind of run through them real quick. Uh, see, Jonathan Le- um, Levine, he directed uh, Warm Bodies, which was that that zombie Twilight yeah, knockoff. That weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then Fifty uh, Fifty with um, Seth Rogen and. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, right? Uh, Ted Melfi with um, he directed Saint Vincent with Bill Murray and uh, Melissa McCarthy, right? Uh, Jason Moore, Pitch Perfect, who's uh, going to also do Pitch Perfect two, I think. So. Um, John Francis Daly and Jonathan M. Goldstein, who uh, did Vacation, um, and uh, Jared Hess of Napoleon Dynamite and Nacho Libre. Hmm. It's kind of a, a peculiar uh, lineup of possible directors. But um, one of the things uh, I think that proves is they might not be going for something super action-oriented. Um, not something that's like super crazy explosion Michael Bay, but more so something more in line with Spider-Man, where he's kind of like a smart-ass and like a lot more jokey. Maybe they'll do a little more um, like physical comedy, it, in a sense. Yeah. It sounds like... Um, like they're trying to go more character driven with uh, 
with the Spider-Man movie rather than story-driven because like the last well, two think, Spider-Man flicks are very story-driven and they were kind yeah. of boring as all hell. Yeah, so I think one of the um, one of the things that Marvel also stated is that they want to get a much younger Peter Parker in there. So not someone who is actually in their like 20s playing a high school kid, but an actual person who's like in their teens or early 20s playing yeah. that like early high school kid. So that would be kind of cool too, I guess. Um, and it would, well, it might appeal to like a younger audience as well. Um, yeah. I mean, like, um, I guess it's not completely outside of the realm of possibility because the directors of uh, the last Captain America movie, um, if you kind of just take a look at some of the stuff they directed beforehand, you know, they uh, like uh, Anthony Russo and Joe Russo did some stuff for uh, Arrested Development. Okay. They did uh, You, Me, and Dupree. Um, Let's see, something called Car Fuckers. Yeah, right? Um, that sounds great. It sounds, it sounds great. It sounds like something that you would find on the depths of the internet. And so that's something we're going to watch on Netflix a yep. little later. Um, added to Q. Uh, they did a couple episodes of Community, Animal Practice, and then they did uh, The Winter Soldier, and they're even in line to do uh, Civil, uh, Civil War. It makes sense, I guess. It's, uh, you know, no director wants to... You can only do something for so long before yep. you want to do something else. So I understand them wanting to do something different. Um, that's not to say these other actors, you know, maybe they're not at that point in their career where they yep. want to make something different. Obviously, Michael Bay should stop making Michael Bay movies. Yeah, <laughs> but he's he's not he's not over doing Michael Bay movies. Yeah. So you know, while yes, these big changes like from these two directors could. Uh, could happen to a new director assigned to these movies. Yep. That's not necessarily the case or what's going to happen. Um, but it should at the same time kind of watch what I'm saying where they might be going for more like a uh, comedy kind of an appeal to yep. it because the director might flip on a dime. Yeah. I mean, like, um, I think they're just, um, they're, uh, Kevin Feige is pretty good at, you know, what he does with, like, he's, uh, in, being control of the Marvel universe as it yeah. is, and I think Marvel's been really good about picking their directors. Because, and also the same thing goes with uh, uh, Tim Gunn, who directed uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. I mean, they still had like a Tim Gunn feel to to the movie, with just kind of its absurd wackiness in some portions. And uh, but it was appropriate. It was very appropriate for appropriate. the characters. Yeah, exactly. Um, because so. you know it's supposed to be like this band of losers um, coming together. But uh, like the stuff he did before, he did like. Slither before and like yeah. a couple other like you know he did he he came from uh, doing trauma movies in New York and if anyone's familiar with trauma movies you know they're they're schlock fests to you know they're on like F level <laughs> um, yeah. production scales and you know they're endearing because of that so I guess like it, they're they're finding these directors who are um, you know these guys who are hungry who want to you know prove themselves in some way and they usually are able to find that neat balance between going you know uh going to that to that level like going up to 11 but not going past it yeah exactly because i feel like uh if they get a a director in there that's very stuck in their ways they know what they're gonna get but a director who is kind of not as big is willing to do more to prove themselves and take more chances yep but at the same time they're not going to take a hundred percent chance because they want to be brought back for the next yeah. movie, right? And so, 
so yeah, maybe maybe that's the approach they're going for. Um, I kind of like all those movies that you mentioned. So yeah, if they if they kind of went with that direction of it, it would it would work in my opinion. I, I think I would I think be, so too. I think I would approve of that Spider-Man film as opposed to a more. I, well, I guess you don't know if it's going to be completely story driven or not. Um, it would make sense for them not to go 100% story. Yeah, because I mean, like there, there's so there's so many you know comic arcs that we can follow with uh, with Spider-Man because he ha- he has a lot of really good ones, but also he has a lot of really shitty ones too. Yeah. Um, so and as know, long as you don't try to combine three of them into one movie, <laughs> it should be okay. <laughs> Which pretty much means the studio is going to have to keep their nose out of a lot of things when this happens too. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think they recognize that. Uh, Marvel will do a good job with it. Hopefully, they take some kind of like uh, clue from that mm-hmm. and follow suit, and don't just like have this one movie come out and then have a shittier movie come out in two years. Yeah, you know. But I guess we'll see. Um, Indiana Jones. Yeah, that- five. Yeah, um, I'm also kind of surprised that this is happening, but supposedly Spielberg is behind the the camera on this one. Um. That doesn't say a lot, though. I mean, because it depends on what they do with it. If if they want Harrison Ford back, um, which would make sense, they need to have him in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't have him be the focus of the movie. Yeah, and he's, he's he's seventy two. Yeah, he's old. He just he got fucking, out of a plane crash. He crashed, he, yeah, he crashes planes all the fucking time. Like, <laughs> this dude is old, so and to have him do the stunts he did in in the first three. It's not going to happen. No. And even the ones that he did a couple years ago... In Crystal Skull. Crystal Skull isn't going to happen again. Um, You can be 72 and in Hollywood and still look not too bad. But being 72, is you're fucking 72. Yeah. You're... You're gonna be fucking feeling like shit. <laughs> like he's not he's not Jack Lelaine. He can't pull he can't pull this shit. You're off. like you're like one jump away from like, you know, not making any more movies mm-hmm. ever. But like so, like so far like the the details on this are like not even known really all that much. Like there's no release date, there's no real plot. The only thing that's really being said is that it's, said it's, it's, it's happening and you know Harrison Ford is on board. Yeah. And Spielberg is in line to direct. The so, one of the things though I think they need to do and one of the rumors as much as uh, Chris Pratt has said has denied him is that yeah. he would be the next in line to be the next Indiana Jones. He would be the best fit, in my opinion, because he's he's doing so well right now, I can't understand why they probably wouldn't want you know Chris Pratt to be the next Indiana Jones. And technically they had uh, Shia LaBeouf. Fuck that guy. In four. But that dude's gone crazy. He's gone crazy. And I just don't think he kind of fits that indie persona. Yeah, he he definitely doesn't. It's, it's kind of weird because he uh, he was actually pretty good in Fury. Yeah. Um, he he was pretty solid in Fury, which is very surprising, kind of disappointing because you just kind of want to hate him now. But um, you couldn't help but kind of like him in that movie. Uh, but you, like even based off of that film, he's just not Indiana Jones material. Yeah, at all. So so I Chris, like I said, I think Chris Pratt has denied the rumors. That doesn't mean that it's not going to happen because obviously I don't think they have anybody yeah. cast for it. They don't have a script or anything. So, but he would. I, he is the one that would make the most sense in my yeah. opinion to fit that role. Like if anything, it's going to have to really kind of go off a box office draw at this point because if um, 
if Jurassic World does really well, if it does really well, then uh, that is like then him as Indiana Jones is going to start making more sense down the line. Yeah. Because then they're going to say he's a box office straw. He makes money. He's doing really well by everybody. So he's going to be, you know, that would, yeah, that would make sense. We should make him the new Indiana Um, Jones. Unless they fucking pull someone out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Which I mean, I wouldn't be too opposed to either. I guess if, you know, they could play the role. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, it's pretty exciting. Um, I definitely have a bad taste after Crystal Skull. Yeah, you there's know, just so a lot I of still, shenanigans. I still in that. have that bad taste in my mouth because you love Indiana Jones, but you hate the aliens. Like the whole alien concept was retarded. I mean, like in if you take Rares of the Lost Ark, they don't necessarily show like otherworldly, uh, you know, uh, religious they, elements. Like they is like, but they um, until like the very end, yeah. Um, with all the you know ghost things coming out, melting everybody's faces, but um, they allude to it very heavily, yeah. yeah and that's but they don't the- necessarily show it at all. But I think it would have worked so much better if they just alluded to it and they like, just didn't yeah, bother. Yeah, aliens, 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 aliens. But never show me the aliens. Yeah, like, never show me a fucking ship coming out of the ground. Yeah, just like because that that's makes stupid. it too obvious and too just too retarded it's in my like, opinion. Why, what's the point if I can't at the end of the movie be like, what well, was it, aliens? Yeah. Or was it like, you know, or, like, or, or was it their feelings? gods or something like, like yeah. they, all they could have done was just have like a, like a cross dimensional portal thing open up because the cross dimensional portal thing either translates to aliens or it would translate to gods. Yeah. Like you can easily just have gone that route instead of just done the whole alien thing. Yeah. And I think it would have ended up a lot better yeah. if they would have done that. Yeah, I mean like the, the action set pieces save for the refrigerator portion were pretty well done in my opinion. I liked a lot of the chase scenes and yeah. a lot of the firefights that happened, especially in the uh, that like Hall of Records thing where yeah. the, the the arc was kept. Um, I liked that portion, but uh, like everything else, and but like some of the stuff was just even too far fetched for uh, indie movie for, for an indie movie yeah. to, to really play off. Yeah, and it's one of those things that, like you said, it would have been a lot better if they just kind of like let it ride. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to spend all that extra money on CGI and like showing aliens and stuff. Just allude to that stuff. It, it it's like one of those things where um, things are a lot better when you leave things to your imagination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when you you know show me something, when you show me these aliens, it takes away from that. Yep. You know, it kind of ruins whatever picture I had in my head, any ideas I had in my head, and kind of just. Yeah, I mean, shit's like, all over him. I mean, to, to kind of keep in line with Steven Spielberg, that's the reason why like Jaws was so great because you didn't see the shark until like fifteen minutes into the movie. Yeah, you know, and you know, even then you got like a quick glimpse of him, and you know, you know that caused everyone to you know scream in the theater. You know, my mom was telling me when she first saw it when she was you know my age that you know everyone when that portion came up. You know, Everybody everyone screamed, screamed in the theater, yeah. and then you immediately started laughing afterwards because they were so scared because of it. Yeah, and it's it just it's one of those things where it's just you reveal just enough to get people's imaginations going, and then then you just tease it. Just yep. fucking people eat that shit up. Why would you like show us the full thing right away? Yeah. It seems kind of a little upsetting, but we can't go back and change Indiana Jones four. Um, all we can hope for is a better Indiana Jones five. Yep. But, um, I don't know. I kind of want to take a quick look at all the other stuff that Steven Spielberg has been 
like has supposedly lined up at the moment. Like his latest Oscar pick is um, that he's going to be making is called uh, Bridge of Spies. Supposed to come out this year. Okay. Um, it's an American lawyer recruited by the CIA during Cold War to help rescue a pilot detained in the Soviet Union, and it stars Tom Hanks, um, Alan Alda, Mark Re- um, Reliance. So you know it's an Oscar bait flick, yeah. uh, which is probably going to get some nominations. Um, and then you know you have some called the BFG West Side Story, the remake of West Side Story. Um, you know, rumored to be attached. Ready Player One, um, which is supposed to be. Uh, like uh, when a creator of a popular game system dies, a virtual contest is created to compete for his billions, and a contest uh, users are willing to kill to win um, because you know Spielberg's been a big fan of games since you know the Atari. Essentially, essentially a Hunger Games uh, kind of, but with video games with kind of deal. Yes, yeah. um, it's what I do, and then Indiana Jones Five. So to kind of just, I wanted to like go over these just because uh, how far down the line. Indiana it, Jones Five is at the moment. It won't be this year. It won't be next year. Um, probably three to four years from now is probably when we're going to see it. Yeah, I if would, he's able to slog his way through this list of movies, I would say what we're in uh, 2015 right now. So not 2015, not 2016, uh, not 2017. Yep. Maybe a holiday of 2018. Yeah, it's like four years down the line because he does have a lot on his plate, and it's not like he's going to do movies back to back to back. He's going to want to take some time off and, you know. Yeah. And, like, some of these are definitely, you know, Oscar Beatty flicks, which is usually what he kind of sinks a lot of his time into. Those, like, his Oscar Beatty flicks are the ones where he has his most passion, in my opinion, now. Yeah. Um, Because, like, he's made a name for himself as the guy who made the blockbuster movie, the summer blockbuster movie. Him and George Lucas made the the summer blockbuster movies. And uh, I guess, like, now he's trying to just focus in on be like i guess trying to shake that he uh, doesn't want to be known as a guy who who broke the hollywood system you yeah. know and kind of upturned it he wants to be known for more than those big movies yeah. that he made i mean so. like he he's a fantastic director he's a very talented guy and he, i love all of his movies pretty much um you know like he, he does it he didn't win four oscars for nothing yeah you know exactly so uh he you know, he's talented he's great i love him he's a big part of my childhood um, and really, if he, there's plenty of movies if you would have watched as a kid. He's he's a big part of your childhood too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it makes sense that he is trying to shy away from that. Yeah, like, I, I think it's also because he's older now and he, you know, he's made his career, he's made his name, and he can kind of just do whatever he wants now. Yeah. So I think like a lot of times he's going to be just sinking most of his time into those passion projects like uh you know something like Mont- like montezuma or um bfg or something yeah. something that he's very passionate about like play ready player one yeah something, something like that, that something that he enjoys doing not just like we're gonna make a giant fucking money maker yep. right now um one last thing in movies before we take a quick break here um we have our first look at uh the hateful eight by tarantino yep. Um, supposed to be Tarantino's last film, right? Or so he says. Mm, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if he actually stays away from the camera, right? Because I, I, I want to say we've heard this before, or he's alluded to like I'm not making any more movies. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. No, I, he he's way too beloved of a director to just kind of wait, like kind of like just the, quit. The pressure for uh, a sequel to Kill Bill. 
yeah is there the third, third <laughs> um, the third installment in Kill Bill so um we had our first look we had a magazine cover I believe with the entertainment characters. yeah yeah, um, um, Samuel Jackson as uh, Major Marcus Warren, Jennifer Jason Lee as Daisy Dumoreau, and Kurt Russell as John the Hangman Ruth. So, uh, you know, a lot of talented actors, um, and then like a lot more who are going to be involved. Uh, like, um, see, Channing Tatum's going to be involved, Damian Bitcher, um, Walton Goggins, Tim Roth, Michael Madsen, Bruce Dern, among some others. So, you know, it's not going to be lack of talent in this movie. Yeah, no, there's a lot of big names attached to this. Um, Almost to the point to where it's concerning. I'm not concerned because it's Tarantino. I've loved every film that Tarantino's come out with. Um, So I'm not worried. But it's almost to the point to where there's so many many big names attached. Where you're like, ah. But then again, I'm sure people thought that with uh, Pulp Fiction. They having uh, you know yeah. Sam Jackson and uh, John Travolta, yeah, Bruce John Willis. Travolta, yeah, <laughs> exactly. with Thurman involved and uh, Ving Rhymes. So there was a lot of big names there, and that movie is fucking amazing. Yeah, so I think um like what if like I think what you would probably be worried about is just like all these big names and all these unique characters is kind of getting to distract your attention to um, yeah. and you're not going to be able to focus on just the movie as a whole you're going to be distracted by different elements of the movie exactly but I know Tarantino knows what he's doing and this is this is what he does this is what he has a passion for right? yeah um, he's, he started off writing movies and then eventually became a director so this is yeah. what he's good at this yeah. is what he's done for the, his, for his writing time. is impeccable um, let's see. I'm trying to, let's see. According to the article, Hateful Eight sees eight gunslingers trapped together in a frontier way station. Tarantino says the film has a Western Iceman cometh kind of vibe about it. He continued to say a bunch of guys in a room who can't trust each other. That wasn't a marching order when I sat down to write the script, but quickly I realized this is kind of a nice coming full circle. <clears throat> so just the story alone based off of that sounds pretty interesting. It kind of sounds like a Western version of Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Um, you know, a bunch of guys trapped in one room who can't trust each other. So it's one of those things where you think about it and you're like, that's so constricted. But at the same time, like you said, you think about Reservoir Dogs and it wasn't all just set in that tiny little room. There's Most of more, it was, but... You know, um, there's more to it than just like, oh, we're, yeah. we're in a room here. The, char- the character interaction... Um, was so compelling. Yeah. And then, like, uh, the discovering of the backstories of each character um, was just so fascinating to where it, like, it built up, it built up that tension and then uh, it just had that nice cathartic release at the end. Yeah. So, I will, um, I'm super excited for it. Uh, I'm pretty, a release at the end of this year, right? November? I believe so. November, December. November. Take a look. But, yeah, so this is coming out at the end of this year. Um, I'll definitely be uh, watching it opening weekend. I'm definitely going to catch it opening, opening weekend. at night. So, yeah, November thirteenth, twenty fifteen. So that's exciting. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm a huge Tarantino fan. So, yep. I love I love his stuff, and you know uh, he's uh, won two Academy Awards for writing. So you know there, there there's always just enjoyment. Like so, if you're a writer. You, um, there, there's always a lot of love for for his stuff. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, he's good at what he does. I mean, he doesn't stray too far away from what he knows how to do. Yeah. But that's not a bad thing for him. It works. 
and it's successful. Yep. Um, so. Let's see. Supposedly, he's supposed to kill. Uh, he's supposed to kill. He's supposed to uh, do a remake of Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. Hmm. Um, people who haven't seen that movie, it's a you know a 1960s kind of cult movie, um, midnight type of flick. Uh, involves like three strippers who go on like a killing spree, um, who are running from the law at that point. So it's kind of a it's kind of a weird uh, grindhousey flick from the sixties, but I can definitely see Tarantino doing But at the same time, that kind of like him. fits into his kind of little his his vibe, his yeah. style of stuff. So. so that's cool. I mean, well, like I said, I believe he said that this is going to be his last film, but I really doubt it is. Yeah. Um, it's not not until he finds something else to do. Yeah, he's always going to find something else to do. And that's how I feel like uh, I feel like Kevin Smith is in that same boat. He just keeps saying he's not going to make any more movies, but and then he always comes out with like one more movie. And yeah. It's like so. Well, just one more. But then again, you're you're never disappointed with things like that. Yeah. At least I'm not. So um, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, we're going to be back in a bit. We got it about another half hour ish of show before we uh, get out of here. Uh, we just have a little discussion here. Uh, we will be back. discussion here um first thing i want to discuss is something that i kind of realized this weekend or this last week that's kind of like a big deal and it's really starting to piss me off is uh retail exclusive perks and products yeah um this includes anything from like pre-order incentives to what nintendo is doing with their amiibos where like you can get rosalina target nesset gamestop you know and just it's kind of annoying. It, it, it's and it's tough, especially if you're trying to get. If you're a completionist, if you're like yeah. a collector, it makes it really tough to get things. Um, it really pisses me off more so with uh, pre-order DLC. So with like Mortal Kombat, if you pre-ordered at GameStop, you would get like a special like Scorpion skin or you know yeah. Sub Zero skin. But if you pre-ordered at Best Buy, you would get a different skin for a different character. Um, I know it's only skins, but it's, you know, it's like, you know, what if I want both of them? Yeah. Do you want me to buy two copies of the game just to get a 99 cent skin? It just kind of seems a little... I mean, it, it's kind of, it's the worst possible version of, like, DLC content. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's one of those things, it, for me, I'm not going to kill myself whether whether I get one or the other. Um, or if I get either of them, it's not going to really, like, make a huge difference to me. Um, where it really becomes a problem is with like retail exclusive missions, mm-hmm. um, pre-order stuff. So if I decide not to pre-order a game because I'm not sure if I want to get it, um, I see enough stuff leading up to it where the day it comes out, I want to buy it. Now I don't have access to these missions or to the special content. Yeah. And I might have to wait six months before I even get to purchase it. Yeah. So it, it just seems a little... Uh, Messed up. I'm not a huge fan of it. No, it's kind of it's, it's a lame practice. Just because I mean, like if anything, that kind of just turned me off of like buying the game in general. Because I mean, 
because there's definitely going to be aspects of both that you're going to want. It's and depending, and usually you're going to go to whatever's closer. Yeah. You know, and like if you, if you live closer to a Best Buy, you're going to want to go to the Best Buy instead of the GameStop. Yeah, Stop. and if the GameStop is 20, 30 minutes away and the Best Buy is two minutes away, um, more than likely you're just going to go to Best Buy or even more so now than ever before. You're just going to preload it on your console mm-hmm. and stay at home and play. That's what I do now. Yep. That's what I do with Mortal Kombat. Um, I don't want to wait till midnight to play it. I'd rather preload it into my system, and as soon as 9 o'clock comes around, I get to play it. I've been drinking. I'm not going to drive anywhere. Right. That'd be irresponsible. Irresponsible of us. But um, it, it, so it's kind of upsetting. And, of course, um, pre-ordering it, I did get, for the Mortal Kombat, uh, the Goro DLC. Um, so that's so that's cool, but you know, at the same time, the fact that you know, there's all that they had like I believe GameStop had a Cold Steel Sub Zero skin mm. um, available as a pre-order incentive, along with the Goro thing. Um, and now you can just I think just recently download the skin, but it's an extra dollar, not a lot of money. I get that, but it's just kind of still upsetting. It's kind of you know? lame. So, I'm just kind of getting a little tired of it. With Amiibo, they had a really big deal about it because, one, the Amiibos are in such short, or in such high demand right now and in such short quantities that people who want them haven't been able to get them. Yeah. Um, and then you add on top of that where, okay, on Amazon you can order most of them, but you also have to be refreshing the screen for walmart.com to put in your pre-order and you got to be refreshing your uh, screen for GameStop to put in a pre-order for another one so if you want to collect all of them it just makes it that much harder it makes it that much more tedious it gets expensive after a while too yeah especially since um, you know if someone buys um, NES was exclusive to GameStop so if they buy NES um, they go on eBay and sell it for $50 now because you were too busy refreshing Walmart's, um, you know, homepage for Rosalina, which yeah. was their exclusive one. Um, you missed your GameStop one, so now you bought one, or you may have not even been able to buy it. You want to get the NES one, but now you got to pay fifty dollars on eBay for it. Um, it's kind of stupid, kind of ridiculous. Um, I understand that exclusive things are fun, but it's not so fun. No. Um, it's not so fun for consumers. It's great for um, the companies that are, you know, getting these exclusive rights, but not so much for for me. And I'm the most important one ever. Yeah. So. It's like, why should I worry about everybody else when I'm sitting right here? Exactly. <laughs> I think, I hope it's a trend that we kind of see uh, disappear. Mm. Um, it might. I mean, but it's, it's like I said, it's it's. I can hope so, but it it probably won't. Yeah. Um. Years to come will kind of because we've seen trends die though, like that. So maybe in the future we'll kind of have that die out over time as well. Um. Though that's just my fucking two cents on it. I don't really have a lot of uh, experience with this stuff because I don't really I don't have uh, a uh, like a Skylanders thing or a or a uh, Wii U, so I don't really have a lot of uh, 
they experience this other than you know like dlc content being divvied up um exclusively which kind of also brings back bring us back to our like first discussion we were when we were talking about the kind of tediousness of dlc yeah um and how like why isn't it just all on one disc because I, I for a while like i know with batman arkham city there was like you you would get a certain set of skins and a certain set of missions if you pre-ordered at best buy and at gamestop and then if, even from walmart and uh, and from uh, well, with, Amazon with Arkham City, they really fucked it up too more than anything else because um, with Arkham City, if you pre-ordered you or you, um, it might have been if you actually just bought the game, um, you got access to the whole Catwoman um, missions and you got to play as Catwoman and everything. Um, but if you'd like rented the game or if you got you know if you're a GameFly person, you got it on GameFly. If you borrowed it from a friend, mm-hmm. you wouldn't get to play those missions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of, like, integrated into the story. So, it just... I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of lame. But that's just going to... Or, you know, people hiding things behind paywalls, which is a little upsetting. Um, but uh, that's just my two cents on it. Uh, I hope it's a trend that we, in time, see disappear. And hopefully we will with more things going digital and everything. But. Yeah, the thing with everything so readily available that... And it probably, it's probably a lot cheaper for game developers to just release it on like these virtual platforms. Yeah. Um, to where you can just download it from your console and you well, onto it. It would make so much more sense, you think, about games usually go gold and are ready to go um, about two weeks. Mm-hmm. Two or three weeks before they actually release. Um so they could essentially release games earlier yeah. if they did that. So, I don't know. Hopefully, maybe in the next 10 years. I honestly think with the next set of consoles that we have out, um, so next-gen, um, discs are going to be a thing of the past. Yeah. Um, you're going to go to a GameStop. You're going to buy a code, more than likely, and yep. just put that into um, your system. And I think that's kind of what Nintendo wanted to do. Or not Nintendo. Microsoft wanted to do with the Xbox One, yeah. but with all the uproar that everybody made about it, they kind of backed down. Yeah, and all, in all honesty, I think that was a smarter move for them to do because I, I think half this, of the gaming experience is like lending your game out to friends. You yeah, know? but then again, you think about it, how often do you do that? I used to, I used to still you, did it quite a bit, actually. You used to do it a lot. I used to do it a lot, but now that I'm getting older, it doesn't happen as often. Yeah. Um, I'd rather have something more so what PlayStation has where you can, like, send your friend, um, like, a demo mm. or, like, you know, something like that. They can kind of, like, stream on their end and play your game. Okay. So that's, a, you know, a fix it in a digital world, you know. That's actually pretty where cool. Where you can, model. like, lend out the rights to the game to a friend. And, of course, both of you can't be playing at the same time. But, you know, if, if you want to play a game, I could just be like, okay, yeah, let Joey play this game. You download it onto your system and you play it. So that'd be kind of a yeah. neat way to uh, kind of that, fix that. That's a, that's, a, that's a pretty cool model in all honesty. I, I would have actually, like, that's something I wouldn't mind seeing kind of grow and develop further. That's, that sounds like something that should grow and develop further. Like I said, I think that's something we're going to see with the next generation of consoles. Those are probably still, like, you know, three, four years away. Um, usually a console lifespan is about yeah. five, six years. Five or six years. We've had them for, what, like two years now? Mm-hmm. So, it's, you know... A year and a half, I think. Yeah, so I think that's what we're going to see. Um, yeah. With the next iteration of consoles. Yep. Um, another thing we uh, had happen this week, uh, something that you and I are, I'm sure, yep. very excited for. Everyone who grew up during the Toonami era 
of Cartoon Network. Yeah, yeah, is definitely going to be kind of excited for hopefully. Um, so the Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Z is going to have a follow up, an official, an official follow up. Um, Not GT. GT was like some other kind of monstrosity that came it's about. It's kind of like a remake. Like a, a reimagining. I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't. Like uh, Goku's a kid now again. Not entirely sure why, but that yeah, happened. It wasn't, you know, by um, Akira Toriyama. Yeah. Um, which is the original creator of Dragon yeah, Ball. And, so. but, he's, but he's on board with this new, with the follow-up that Dragon Ball Z is going to have. He, the original guy is going to be involved with this. Yeah, so that's really cool. Um it kind of plays into our uh, next discussion, so we can kind of discuss both of them at the same time. Yeah. Um, our next discussion point would is uh, how does nostalgia affect the way we see things? And one of the things that I loved as a kid was coming home and like watching Dragon Ball Z and like yeah. you know being super excited for it, thinking it was super cool. Um, more recently, I've kind of watched some episodes. Doesn't hold up. <laughs> it's it's still you know it's still fun to watch, but. Uh, if you hadn't given me, if I didn't watch it as a kid and you gave it to me now to watch it, I wouldn't want to watch it. Yeah. And the reason why I want to watch it now is because I have such fond memories of it as a kid that yeah. I want to, you know, kind of relive those memories and maybe see through a little more of the bullshit. Yeah. Kind of just like in, in in my mind, it kind of just like makes me wonder how these. Um, how creators feel, how creators think, especially now, because like we're we're seeing a lot of things with nostalgia goggles on. I mean, that, that's I mean, not to take away from what Star Wars looks like right now, um, but because the the trailers for Star Wars look great, they they're exciting, they're compelling, they they look really fun. But how much are we just how much are we seeing the trailers, and how much are we seeing of the memories of the original trilogy exactly. from other people? Same thing um, with the with Ghostbusters. Yeah. How much of our love is Ghostbusters is just our love of it as a kid and not so much our love of it as a franchise or as a yeah. collective entity. Because I know for me, I really love the Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray um, uh, iterations of the films. And that skewing my vision of these two new possible films into just thinking straight up, those two movies are not going to be as good as the original. And, yeah, um, but then, you know... Look at things like uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that we had yep. come out last year, right? Yeah, last year. Um, just think of that and how much hate it got because it looked so different than, um, you know, what we were used to as kids. Yep. I mean, people who grew up in the 80s and 90s, they have this, like, vision of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles just, like, eating pizza and being fucking sewer yeah. turtles essentially skateboarding man yeah cowabunga exactly. radical so how much of uh you know how much of that hate was not because the movie looked okay well, because shitty. because the movie okay the movie was pretty much horrible but like how, but much, how much of it, of it was, was because the movie was actually bad yeah or because it just what the perception of it was bad yeah exactly that's you know one of the things i'm trying to get to is if we if they had introduced Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a new property today, no kind of any idea of what Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles really are. Um, one, I don't think it would be too successful. No. So the idea, I think that only could have taken off in the '90s when everybody yeah. was like cool surfing and skating and pizza <laughs> radical to the max, bro. So <laughs> you know, one, I don't think it'd be too successful, but two. Um. Yeah, I think people might have enjoyed it more. I think whenever you go watch these movies, 
and you already have it in your mind that it's going to be crap, yeah. it affects how you watch these movies. I think, like, I still think the movie would have probably done pretty poorly because there wouldn't have been the audience for it in the first place. Right. Because, like, like, these movies are so heavily predicated on the audience that was built up from generations past. And right. then those guys who built up the next generation of fans by talking about it so much and loving it so much. Or raising their kids. Or raising like, their kids to love so it. So yeah. what you're seeing with a lot of... Uh, like Star so Wars much, yeah, and Star so Trek much, stuff. So much at Star Wars Celebration, I saw a bunch of kids in their suits. And I'm like, these kids wouldn't have watched Star Wars mm-hmm. if it wasn't for their parents. They're like, you should watch this. This is pretty cool. Yeah. There's a giant furry bear talking in it. Yeah. I mean, so, but like, how many of us can actually say that? I mean, I know like a lot of the taste of my movies that I watch now came from my mom when she was showing me stuff like you know one floor of the cuckoo's nest and easy rider when i was yeah. growing up which is probably movies you should never show your <laughs> your 10 year old your 10 year old child ever but um it's like so like I, I feel that the nostalgia that we experience for a lot of these products these a lot of these characters tend to just kind of skew um our the, the way we see things because i remember seeing uh being being very skeptical when it came to uh like Punisher Warzone, and my skepticism kind of was right when I right. first saw it because uh, Punisher was one of the first Marvel characters I really kind of latched onto, and so like, and I was like, I was like twelve, yeah, um, from, and uh, so I was like, you know, like junior high, like early junior high, yeah, you know, uh, and uh, so, and so like when the movie came out, I I, I was very skeptical about it. Um, is like uh, when the first movie came out, and then um, which was okay in my opinion, it was pretty good. And then the uh, the second movie came out, and I was still I was very let down from it. But yeah. it's like, I think if anything, that's just because I held such a high opinion of the character and the comic books in my head more than anything right. else. So, do you think some of these movies would do better if they were mediocre? So they weren't bad; they were just whatever. Um, but they were essentially a fan service. Like those movies, in my opinion, would definitely do so much better than than anything else because uh, they're they're just pandering to what you know they're the like, like to what the target audience wants. I mean, it's just kind of a small target audience, but if you latch them in and if you're is it you're, you can milk their money dry pretty easily if you just kind of keep cranking stuff out like that and at a reasonable budget they'll. It'll more than pay for itself. Yeah, but like the broader audience as a whole, they're not going to get those in jokes. They're not is like like Deadpool. They're not going to get the Deadpool in jokes. They're yeah. not going to get the fourth wall breaking stuff or you know his references to chimichangas or anything else like that. Um, like that's like that's for the fans. That's for right. you know the people who have been reading the book for the last you know. And I think if you, if you can do that subtly, um. It, it's hard. It's a it's a really weird balance you got to find between, of course, adding in those subtle jokes that deep fans are going to find and like and enjoy, but at the same time you got to not make it completely fan driven to yep. bring those other people in. And that balance is so difficult to find. Yeah, and I think that's where Marvel has been doing. Like back to Marvel again. Marvel's been doing that pretty um, pretty well by having so by having the movie accessible enough to a new audience without being re- too reliant on an old audience. Yeah. Um, because like, there's definitely stuff in there for the old audience to enjoy. Like if anything, like what the old audience really enjoys is that they're staying true to like the motives and the, 
the way the characters are portrayed right. on screen, and then the new the newer generation of fans are in love with this because it's it, there's they're solid movies, they're good movies, they're fun to watch, uh, they're very actiony, and then they're, they're just enjoyable. That and for a lot of people now, that's the gateway into comic books for them now is yeah. these new Marvel flicks. And then you know, in, in that case, if they're saying if they're saying so close to. What the comics are like. They don't need to adjust the comics for the people coming in from the movies. Yeah. Right? Because in another universe, we have these great comic movies, but they're different from the comics. So now you have to meld the comic books around Mm -hmm. the comic movie. Yeah. And that becomes uh, another thing where fans hate that. And I think everybody's just really defensive of their memories. Very, everyone very much is. I mean... And they will fight tooth and nail if anything is different. Yeah. Um, like, I think a lot of movies that we see now are... like They, they harken back to... Uh, especially movies that are sequels, tend to just try and evoke this um, feeling of... The movie that preceded, the most successful movie that preceded it. Right. So, um, with like uh, the new Terminator movie, Terminator Genesis coming out, they're really evoking the feel of the first and second movie because the um, the second movie performed the best out of all of them so far. Right. And, and they realize this, so they're like, "Yeah, we should probably stick to that. It worked once." And all those people who love that first movie are going to love this movie. Yeah. That's the kind of feel that they're going for. Yeah, they, they, they want that. It's like they're kind of trying to go for this realistic, um, gritty, uh, kind, kind of like noirish uh, feel for it. Yeah. Like with like the neon lights in you know, downtown L.A. and have the whole movie pretty much set at night. Yeah. Um, it's like, but like... Uh, also, being a fan of those movies because I grew up with I grew up with the first two Terminator movies as my babysitters yeah. for the longest time, and I'm not entirely sure how I feel about Terminator Genesis because it just seems like they're just like they're going in the same direction um, Terminator Salvation was, and with the way Terminator, Terminator Salvation went, um, that was like you know like it didn't feel like a Terminator movie in my opinion. Yeah, it just felt like some generic you know post apocalyptic. Kind of, kind, kind, yeah. kind of flick that we see a million times over on the Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah, and like once again, hell, that could probably just be my nostalgia goggles coming into effect. Right, and, and the thing is, they're they're different for everybody, so you can only pander to this audience so much because some audience isn't going to like that. Some audience mm-hmm. is, you know. Um, looking, even stepping away from movies and looking at video games with uh, ukulele, mm-hmm. um, they. They really did that appeal for nostalgia. Yeah. They they specifically went out with like the you know music dude who was on Banjo Kazooie, the the you know lead producer yeah. on Rare, the, like character design for Rare. They like appealed to this audience, and it's they they were strictly pushing for that nostalgia love because they were like, yeah, we did this, we did this, we did this. You like those things, right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna make something else. So they know. They know the audience are catering to, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it's working for them, and they're they're being very successful yep. right now. But, uh, but yeah, like, how well is that going to translate into them getting a new market for their game? Right, because like anyone who's new to that to that series or to that world, they're gonna like, I don't give a shit who's making it. Just you know, is it good? Yeah, and yeah, that's one of those things. We'll see what happens. Um, the problem with it, if it if it does really well, we're gonna have four or five other 3D platforms come out in the next year or two. Yep. So that's, you know, that's the one negative side of it. Um, when you appeal to these nostalgia people and 
um, it gets all this love. Everybody wants to take part of that market. Yeah. And it makes sense. You know, why wouldn't you? But it kind of can ruin things and push things to a point where you don't want to deal with them. Yeah. You know, with, uh, with things like Twilight. Like, Twilight did so well, uh, I didn't like it. But, you know, it did, you know, box office-wise, it did pretty well. Yeah. How many other movies try to copy that same formula? There's been several movies that have been copying that same formula. Right. All to try and take just a little bit of that cake. Yeah. So, um, there's a good and bad to nostalgia, I guess. Um, it's something that's not going to go away, though. Yeah. Everybody's going to have, is everybody's going to be nostalgic for something, um, they grew up with. For us, you know, it's kind of like that weird 80s and 90s era of yeah. movies and TV and comics and video games. Um, where, you know, 30 years from now, the generations that are growing up and everything might have more of a nostalgic taste for, like, Justin Bieber. Yeah. <laughs> realistically, though, right? Re- realistically, that's that's definitely, like, I mean, like, you see the whole, you see the same thing with, like, NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and shit. Yeah, and you think about that now, that pe- people we grew up with are very big and, oh, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, so cool, and everybody's like, oh, but I like Backstreet Boys, but NSYNC sucked, <laughs> or the other way around. So, you know, that's going to happen. That's going to happen 20 years from now, 30 years from now. When the horrible gang fights that ensue because of it. Because of Justin Bieber, yeah. yeah. So, thanks, Justin Bieber, not only are you like wrecking cars and driving drunk, but you're killing future kids. Way, well. way to go, man. Or I guess future adults. Future adults, yeah. Because they're, they're going to be more adults. How sad is that going to be, though? Future adults killing each other over Justin Bieber. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's not ideal, but hopefully we'll already be dead. By then, so. <laughs> I hope so. Whatever. I don't plan on living past 30 anyway. <sighs> Alright, so I think that's going to wrap it up for us. We're uh, coming up on an hour and a half here. Um, I just want to... Say, I, I put in our thing, I told you a little earlier, yeah. uh, to be on Stitcher. Um, if that works out, I uh, will definitely let all of you guys know next week. Um, it'll be really cool. be a nice avenue for us to get some more uh, more people to listen to us. be more of an incentive for us to just keep doing this as well. Yeah, of course. Always, um, our website is uh, almost 100% now. I've yeah. kind of taken this last week to really mess with it and work on it a little more. Um uh, hopefully I can get us on iTunes for the next week or two. Um, just kind of take a look at the website. I'll make sure to post stuff on there. Or go like Facebook, mm-hmm. our Facebook page. Um, no, there's more content coming too. I'm, I'm writing some reviews for some movies I saw in the theaters recently. Um, yeah. So those should be up uh, as soon as I write them out. <laughs> as soon as I write, <laughs> as soon as they get them done, <laughs> which as soon as they're created, they'll get put up. Yeah, but um, it's it's definitely happening. I've, I've had definitely had some time to go hit the movie theater recently. So saw a couple great flicks, like Ex Machina and the new Avengers flick. So keep an eye out for those. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep everything present on the website. Kind of empty right now, but we're working on it. Uh, we're going to sign off. Um, it has been Jonathan. And Joey. And Joey. And maybe, like I always say, we like our phantom guests who decided not to say anything today. Um, we will uh, <laughs> We'll be back next week. Um, I'll see you guys later. Peace.